City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of the All Hornets Podcast Network. I'm your host, James Plarrow, a.k.a. British underscore Buzz on Twitter. And today, for most of the episode, I'm going to be joined by Chase Whitney. And we're going to be going through the latest on Miles Bridges, some new uniforms, new courts, training camp invites... And then looking at some potential Westbrook, uh, Randall trade rumours and, and how we think some of those players can fit. And we also touch on a, a rare off-season Greensboro Swarm trade as well, which is actually quite interesting. Um, but before we dive into that, uh, I wanted to first touch on a signing which was made after me and Chase got done recording the podcast. And that is the Hornets signing a point guard, not Kemba Walker, not Isaiah Thomas, but Dennis Smith Jr., um, Dennis Smith Jr. was originally drafted by the Mavs and was traded to the Knicks in part of the Porzingis trade. And after having a strong rookie year where he averaged uh, around 16 points per game, five assists, four rebounds, um, he's essentially fallen out of the rotation, both in Dallas in his second year and as soon as he arrived in New York, he struggled to establish himself. And since then, he's had kind of bit part role player roles in Detroit and then in Portland last year where eventually um, he, he got waived after sustaining an elbow injury. So it's fair to say, despite only being 24 years old, um, he struggled to really kind of prove himself to have a consistent role. But I just want to go in a little bit on Dennis Smith Jr. and some of my thoughts on on this signing. Um, So I think firstly, I think Hornets fans were generally a little disappointed with the signing. Um, Generally, I think people wanted Isaiah or Kemba back as that kind of veteran locker room leader. 
And Dennis Smith is just, he's not that kind of player. He's 24 years old. He's still trying to establish himself in the league. Um, he's not necessarily going to be kind of the key guy to help influence some of your young guys, which a lot of people, and myself included, feel is a kind of a valued role that is needed in the locker room right now in Charlotte. So I think that's that's one concern. That's not to say that Dennis Smith isn't, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be a problem in any way as a player, but he's not necessarily just going to be one of those guys who's really going to be looking out for the young guys because he's trying to reestablish his NBA career. I think the other thing people are concerned about is just the potential unreliability as well. As I mentioned in the opening, he's not held down a solid kind of backup rotational point guard role since his very first rookie year. So that's now the last four seasons. He's essentially been out of the rotation of most of his teams. Now, let's not. this isn't to say that it's a complete kind of no-hoper here. On the three games last year where Dennis, Dennis Smith actually started for the Portland Trailblazers, and this was back in December last year, he actually averaged 15 points, uh, five rebounds, six assists, 1.7 steals, and a block per game. So, like, put up pretty good numbers. And that was a uh, 53% from the field and 33% from three. So, like, perfectly respectable numbers. Um, after that is when he got the elbow injury and he wasn't available anymore. But in that stretch, he did actually flash, which was generally in the last nine, ten months, he had put together a strong three-game stretch there. So, I think this is more of, like, an upside backup ball handler play which I think almost would have kind of made more sense a couple of years ago when the Hornets were more in rebuilding mode and the uh, vibes being given out from the team is that they, they want to compete now. They're going to go for a playoff spot. How likely that is, I, I think, will be a challenge. It's not impossible, but will be a challenge this year with the improved East and the, the struggles to upgrade the roster. Um, so I think it's a kind of a little bit of an odd timing than maybe most would expect for, for this signing to be made now. Um, I think also just his his fit generally with the backup unit looks a little bit awkward. So I think he would generally look to struggle to, to play with any of the non-shooting bigs because Dennis Smith Jr. has got a quite hitchy shot. I think that's one thing. It, it's actually gone in at an okay rate in his rookie year and when he was in Portland. But overall, it, it doesn't look great. And that's been one of the issues that he's had is being an efficient offensive player um, and also keeping those turnovers down. I should also mention... Last year in these Portland games, he averaged just under four turnovers a game in those three games he started. So um, he's generally been inefficient scoring the ball and he's been quite turnover prone. So he's not that kind of like reliable, you definitely going to get in your sets with Dennis Smith Jr. in the game. Not saying he can't be, can't be that, but he just hasn't necessarily proven it in the last few years. And with backup bigs like Mason Pumley, Kai Jones, Nick Richards, Mark Williams... None of these guys are shooters, right? Kai Jones might be the closest. Um, and judging from some league, that's still not going to be something that's reliable. And having any of them and a poor shooting point guard in the game, I just think will be very easy for opposing teams to defend. And to be honest, even if he's playing with Cody Martin, I know Cody Martin was a good shooter last year, but Cody was not an aggressive shooter. He was not someone that teams were really closing out to try to take the ball out of the hands. And if you've got like Dennis Smith Jr., Cody Martin and a backup big out there, those are like two and a half kind of non-aggressive three-point shooters. So uh, not saying Kelly Oubre can't make up for all of their lack of aggression. I'm sure he will try. Um, but that's also, I think, something that poses a little bit of concern as well. Um, but let's look at the positives here. Dennis Smith Jr. was a lottery pick. He is an absolute freak athlete when he's in the open court. Have to say that big if because... It's easy to dunk when there's no one in front of you. Like uh, his his athleticism probably hasn't translated to the NBA as much as maybe people thought it would. 
Um, I really like Dennis Petunia in the draft. I, I mean, he was one of the most standout athletes I've seen play college basketball for some time, um, especially on the defensive end. And that's where I think he really excels. And I think why the team have made the signing. Yeah, I think a lot of people criticise the team for how we're going to solve this defence. And remember when Steve Clifford was last in time, they had Michael Carter-Williams on the team. And Michael Carter-Williams was their kind of defensive ball-stopping guard. And I think Dennis Smith Jr. might be fill- filling that kind of role. He is definitely a plus defender. He gets up into people's bodies. He's athletic. He makes things happen. He calls his turnovers. So I, I think for the aspect that Kemba Walker and Isaiah Thomas are obviously much better offensive players, but are a real kind of liability in the defensive end. Dennis Jr. isn't that. And if you can get just to being like average and passable offensively, then you could argue you've got a more well-rounded, two-way, balanced player on the, on the board there. So, um, interesting signing. It's a non-guaranteed contract. So, if, if things don't work out in training camp, they could always waive him. And he, I don't know what his guaranteed at yet. That hasn't come out yet. But they could potentially waive him during the season as well. I, I still don't know what the news is with Kemba Walker. If he's going to get bought out by Detroit, it, it seems like that was going that way. But it's been silent for some time. And... There's been some rumblings that maybe uh, there isn't a team out there who wants to sign Kemba, which is why he's not accepted the buyout yet. But those are just some of the rumblings from the beat reporter James Edwards from The Athletic. Um, But overall, it's relatively low risk. The problem is that even if he kind of really does play well, he's on a one-year contract. The Hornets will probably struggle to retain him next year and if he he earns a bigger contract. So it would have been nice to get that team option on there. But I can understand if you're him or his agent, you don't want to do that. But there's a real potential chance that he could come in and have a role on this team. Um, I, I think what is more likely is Terry Rozier probably plays some backup point guard than Dennis Smith Jr. If, if I had to guess right now before training camp started, that's the way I'd probably lean and then looking to try and get more minutes for Cody Martin and Buck Knight at the two. Um, but we're going to see how this all plays out in training camp. But it's, you know, it's always nice, especially, you know, I know I'm not from North Carolina, but for local North Carolina fans to have someone who went to NC State, who grew up in Fayetteville, I, you know, these are it's great to have some of these players come back to Charlotte who are from the local area and can hopefully try and rekindle their career. Um, you know, it was nice to have Ish back when Ish Smith came and was a ball handler. Unfortunately, it didn't last too long before he was traded. Um, but it'll be good to have Dennis Smith back in the building. And I think he had some rim pressure, some athleticism and some defense. So... Interested to see how this planning signs out, the signing plays out. It, it wouldn't shock me if there are maybe another guard added to the training camp roster, or if things if Dennis doesn't have a great training camp, then they might look to bring Isaiah in or someone else. Um, I think Alfred Payton still remained unsigned, and he's someone who they've been linked with uh, from a free agency point of view. So there's still a lot of options here, um, but it was you know a worthwhile enough signing that we felt like we had to mention it on this podcast but make sure you keep listening enjoy the rest of the show with me and chase and we'll catch you next time i'm back joined by chase who by the time you've heard this we will know the outcome of of panthers giants but at the time of recording chase your giants are one to know how are you feeling right now i feel great it's the second time that's happened in 12 years but i i don't feel great that me and 98% of our listeners and also uh, you, James, uh, most Hornets fans in general, we're on the we're on the other side of the fence from each other uh, just for this three hour period on Sunday, September 18th, 2022. And I guess also last year, too. But 
it's un it's unfortunate that we have to you know be enemies for a few hours but you, you know you got to do what you got to do and it's it's basketball is more important anyway so at least well the that. giants are favored which is a must yes. be a something you are not used to no with. no i was <laughs> i was kind of surprised too but i mean they are at home it's the home opener after being one to know, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll see how it's gone or we'll have seen how it's gone by the time uh, the listeners are hearing this, but yeah, next, way. next podcast, we can, uh, one of us can dish out a little bit of banter depending on, depending how it goes or they both, both teams right. just look horrible and one like default has to win. <clears> yeah. yeah like a, like a six to six tie or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then we can just cry into our, into our hands. Um, Today's podcast, um, we're going to be touching on a little bit of Bridges update slash not Bridges update, uh, looking at some new uniforms just got unveiled, training camp invites, Greens for Swarm trade, and some leaked reporting news of sorts, which we'll touch at the end of the show. Um, so let's let's kick it off. Um, Miles Bridges was back in court September 16th. And we got the same update we got the last time, which was he's now back in court in September 29th, I think it is. It just keeps getting put further and further back. It's just going to become a distraction now in training camp. Do you think it's going to be something that the players and coaching staff are bothered by and is, is kind of some an issue going into training camp now that no. there's just not a resolution here? No, I don't think so. I like... To me, like this, it's it's just it's not really like a basketball situation anymore. So I don't think I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think they'll be asked about it, <clears throat> and they'll probably they'll give their answers, you know, whatever that may be, or whether it's an answer at all. Like, and then that'll probably be that. I don't think it'll be too much of a discussion because at a certain point, there there's no more like contractual obligation. Like the qualifying offer expires eventually, so. And then, and the, I mean, he's not even an NBA player right now, much less like a member of the Charlotte Hornets. So I don't know. I feel like it's just going to be something that people talk about, but people in the organization are kind of just not moved on from, but definitely have to do other things now. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. With the, the home media, I don't think it's going to be a problem because I don't think Anyone you can only ask the same question so many times. Like. Exactly, and no, like, trust me, no one who's got media access to the Hornets wants to like go in every day asking, "What do you think about Miles Bridges?" and and yeah. pissing off all the players. Right, that doesn't want to happen. Maybe on the road is where I think you sometimes see this in the NBA, where the, the people aren't around all the time and don't haven't heard the statements. They might get them asked there, and obviously they're not playing games yet, are traveling, but. I do wonder if kind of news breaks over the course of the season in October, November, something to do with him and they're on the road in LA or New York, whether it could be something that, that gets asked to them there, which, you know, then it would be some unwanted attention. But you just got to hope that this thing gets handled. Um, well, it, ju it just doesn't affect the, the team going forward, really. I mean, I was thinking the other day, do you think like, do you think the coaching staff are like sending Miles Bridges some the, the playbook? I know there's not a playbook in basketball. Do you know like the, the equivalent is? Like, I, I don't think there will be. I feel like I saw his locker was cleared out, but still had his name on. I think I saw that online somewhere. So it, it does seem like he's very much not allowed in the Charlotte Hornets building. Um, I wonder what that locker will look like come season start, whether they, they take Bridges' name down. I, I know it's a trivial thing, but I think that could... Maybe help 
put some some meaning or some closure on the situation, at least for the team? Would, would it be weird just having an empty locker room, your teammate who's stuck in a legal battle right now? No, they, they'll take it down too. Like they have two, they have two guaranteed contracts, lots to fill. Like uh, they'll do that eventually, and then you know that locker will belong to someone else. I like. I really don't think it's going to be like this big, this big thing. Like, I it can't be. It's not a. It's not. He's not even an NBA player. You know. He's. It's. It's. He, he, the, who knows? Because this is also a good example of the American legal system and how it's not designed to, you know, be efficient or get things solved in a like timely manner. Because why would this just keep getting continued and continued and continued? Um, like, if it if anybody like was like interested in solving it. Or not anybody, but if people that were in control were interested in solving this problem like right away. So And that's what we don't we don't know why this keeps getting extended. Is it at the request of the defense? Is it the request of the prosecution? Is it both requesting extensions? Is it just the legal system is requesting the extension? No no one knows. And it well, that's a lie. People do know, just no one's talking about what's going on. Um they're they're probably not allowed to. It's probably illegal to Absolutely, that kind of absolutely. And um, it's, yeah, it is just a mess. All I will say is, like, if Miles Bridges is ever back on this team, the, the, the team, the powers that be are putting this fan base in a very, very difficult situation, right? Now what you, you your your friends, your family, who you know you follow the team, they'll be like, right, you, you still support them after you're now cheering for this guy who's starting for you. If, if he were to come back, he's not going to, you know, he'd probably be starting for the team. I, that would just not be a situation that I want any of the fan base to have to deal with. I, I'm just not interested whatsoever. Let's make it easy. Um, I know there's legal stuff here, but it's just it's just getting really frustrating now that there's just no clarity or real update on the situation. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, it's just like I don't know. I've 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 just deleted any sort of ounce of care that I have for like people that don't play in the NBA and are doing so because they're embattled in very heinous legal accusations. I'm just, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I, 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 well, like, I but don't. like we said in the survey that I did over 750 responses, 50, 50 wanted Miles Bridges. Right. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't care about the 50 that said like, yes or whatever, or were like, I don't care. Like I, I like cool. I don't know. I, I, I like, it doesn't matter to me. I just like, but like you say, it's going to be a dividing thing no matter how it ends. Oh yeah, yeah. And and this is it should challenge. be like it it should be there. There is a right and a wrong answer for whether or not you should approve of that. There, like, it's not an opinion. Yeah. Anyway, we will bring you a probably another update. There won't be an update on September 29th or whenever it is uh, regarding bridges. Let's move on to something uh, a little bit light touch. Yes. New uniforms, statement uniforms, city statement edition uniforms, not city editions, uh, were released. Um, what did you what firstly? What did you make of the uniforms, and what did you make of the little release campaign? Because I know you had access with the Hornets media, and you were able to see the. You're probably one of the first people to see the video and see the launch. What are your overall thoughts? Yeah, so I I did go to the press conference. Uh, shout out to Cam from Culture. I did go read the the article that we posted about the uniforms over there on Culture Sports section, <clears throat> clture.org. It's a really good uh, Charlotte, uh, North Carolina-based website that I do some stuff for. Quick plug right there. But um, 
I, I really liked them. The, the uniforms were awesome. Like the, it was a good update to the uniforms that they had or the past statement uniforms. Cause it, it is similar to those ones, but I'm sure, I mean, it never bothered me personally all that much. Uh, I mean, I thought cha like saying that out loud is kind of funny, but the abbreviation itself doesn't anger me, but I know a lot of people were <clears throat> upset that that was on those uniforms instead of CLT. So I'm glad that they kind of got that <laughs> like problem out of their way and just put Hornets on there. Um, the white is a lot brighter, which I think is cool. And the purple also looks a little bit darker to me. But and the the, the coolest part of the whole thing though is the shorts, the the stinger shaped uh, like honeycomb cell pattern thing on the side is really really cool. Um, <clears throat> and that secondary logo the Hornets have um, with like the uh, like swooping hornet on it instead of the one that's like upright uh, in the main logo is really nice. So I, I'm excited to buy a pair of those shorts. Honestly, I, I think the they said the statement uniform or the statement jersey and the shorts presumably will go on sale around the holiday season. So we can be on the lookout for those. But I really liked it. The court was awesome too. The the silhouette logo in the center is nice. So what what were your thoughts on them? The thing that stuck out most for me was why didn't they call the honeycomb? This is a, so trivial, but it's called cell cell pattern. I, I don't know, cell whatever it is. And I'm like, just call it honeycomb. They must not like honeycomb. Is honeycomb too like, like with the? It's got to be. Yeah. Is it trademarked? I, I don't know, but they keep referring to the cell pattern, and, I'm, and everyone who isn't within the Hornets, I think, calls it honeycomb. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be some sort of. You know what I bet it is? There's a cereal called honeycomb. Oh, is that okay? That's yes, I didn't know and they're about ve- that. They're very okay. good. I, I will admit, it's a very underrated cereal. But may- that maybe that's it. I don't know. I, I, just because it's like, you know, business marketing branding stuff. Like, mm. there's got to be some sort of like legal holdup. But or or no. maybe sell just sounds more sophisticated and they like it. That's for that true. Reason. I have no. We're, we're, I'm just making things up here. But um, yeah, I like I like the uniforms. I think they're pretty safe. Okay. You can't dislike them. I think they look nicer up close when you can see some of the additional detail from a distance they probably yeah. just look like other hornets purple uniforms from over the years um but i but i you know when you wear the uniform if you were to buy the uniform you get to see that up close and other people around you so it's, you know but on tv it's probably just gonna look like a purple uniform i've, I've always liked the purple um, i think there was a season where they maybe didn't have a purple uniform maybe they had a gray i think uh, and that was a shame because I've always been a big fan of the Hornets purple. Um, I, I I thought it was interesting, Cody Martin being the feature of the launch, which I thought was really cool that a t- second round pick was the feature of a uniform launch. I I can't think of too many other times in recent times that like NBA teams where they've had second round picks who just have gone on the second contract being the, essentially the face of the franchise. <laughs> um I guess you know, I think he's like literally the only example. Oh, okay, uh, since yes, like there, since there like is... my, no, but I the, he you wouldn't think of him as a second round pick though. So you, he he slipped. Maybe Jalen Brunson with the Knicks. I've not seen if he's done one this year, but that makes sense too. There, there probably are some others. I'm I'm lying, but I think most of the second round picks you do are like all stars, right? Cody oh, Martin yeah. is not an all star. He is like a sixth, seventh, eighth man at best. So. I think him doing was interesting. I do think him being from the Charlotte area was obviously a big reason because the whole video, if you've seen it, was about, you know, being from Charlotte, being local, something you and me know absolutely nothing about. Right. (laughs) 
Um, but we can but still appreciate nonetheless. We, we can appreciate that there will be an element of the fan base, though, and you're not probably what, no, what I'm going to say here, who will see Cody Martin being used and go, wow, the Hornets screwing Lamelo ball again, not not letting Lamelo be the face of the franchise. He, he, you know, he wants out. You know, there's an element of Hornets fans or Lamelo fans taking that approach. Oh, absolutely. I think I think I may have seen it, which I mean, I've been thinking about this lately. I read replies on Twitter way too much, not even just for like basketball stuff, just for like every tweet I see. I've noticed that I click on it. And I like scroll down and read replies. I'm like, I don't know these people. Why do I why am I reading what they're saying? But and, I, and you always end up finding stuff like that, like being like the Hornets going with like a feel good story using like a hometown player uh, to reveal their new statement uniform in early September um, is a dig at their, the franchise player. Um, you know, that, that's the type of stuff you find when you, when you read replies. So I guess I gotta stop doing that clearly. Yeah. I mean, I, look, if Lamella had said, stop, I want to be the face. I'm pretty right. sure that I'm... would have happened. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Like... You know, if, if they were like, you know, if Lamella could have been out of town when they were shooting it, they could have said, we want to go down the look. I think it's good. It, Players, I know fans love Lamelo being the face of everything. I can probably like promise that Lamelo doesn't always like being the guy and being the focus all the time. I, I do think you know he's been grown up in the you know a, a semi reality TV show, so he's very much used to it. But he's also pretty private. Like you see him in interviews, he doesn't like to kind of have be yeah, in press like conferences a, along yeah. for a long amount of time. Like, I think he try he does what he needs to to get to move past the media availabilities, and I think he's great with a lot of campaigns they do. But I, he's got I'm pretty sure he will have absolutely no problem having Cody Martin. You know I don't think he's feeling this isn't Stephen Curry and KD and the Warriors here. It's not arguing over whose team it is. <laughs> yeah. It's it's Cody Martin and the Mellow Ball. So I, I think it was great, and I'm happy for Cody Martin. And I think it's a nice little way to mark him resigning as well. Yeah, I agree. It was really cool. The whole the whole rollout of it was cool. the The video was nice, and I'm excited for them to wear those court or uniforms yeah. and see the court. It was cool that they did both. I appreciate that. I, I like the court. a lot of effort I, being put in. I really like the silhouette logo, which is at the yes. center court. Um, and it's really annoying. This is in COVID times, right? I had a when I went to Charlotte in 2019. Um, I bought a purple hoodie which had like a teal silhouette logo on it, which was really nice. My favorite hoodie. And I wore it everywhere and the pandemic hit in and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I thought, you know where I've left it? I left it in work and we couldn't go into work for like 12 <laughs> months. So after the pandemic was like lifted and we could actually go places and it was quite a long, lot longer for us than it was in the States. Um, I went into work. Living like, in your sweatshirt. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait. I'm walking into work going, can't wait to get my hoodie back. Yeah. Went into work, nowhere to be found. And now I've lost that hoodie. So if anyone wants to send me a purple Hornets hoodie with the teal silhouette on the chest, medium, reach out to me. I'll get my address because that's my favorite hoodie. I can't find it online. It doesn't exist anymore. And they need to do more gear with that silhouette logo on because I, because I liked it. I agree. Someone's got to have one out there. I, I bet I, you'll hear back. We'll, we'll put the positive energy out into the world. We will. Okay. Training camp invites. We talked about the team having to sign someone sometime soon. They haven't signed any free agents yet. We think that has surely got to happen at some point. 
Um, ironically, I just saw today actually on Twitter, Isaiah Thomas. Um, I think Mike Scotto t- tweeted out that Isaiah Thomas recently worked out for the LA Lakers and Isaiah Thomas just quoted it being like, who are your sources? No, I didn't. Um, which I thought was just very funny. Be careful tweeting about Isaiah Thomas because he will come after you. Um, we're not going to talk about the the free agent possibilities who are out there. We, we've talked about them at nauseum for the last two months. There's nothing else to say. Let's just wait till they sign someone. But they have signed some training camp invites, uh, which we're going to run through. Uh, and we, we need to run through them because they aren't exactly household names. So they signed Jalen Crutcher, Isaiah Whaley, Anthony... Oh, I should have practiced this before I started. Anthony, Anthony Deruji. Deruji, there we go. And Jalen Sims. Um, There's four training camp guys, all undrafted free agents. What are your thoughts? Where, where, um, how are you excited are you from scale of one to ten with those names? Oh, I'm, I'm an 11. I'm, I'm jacked up right now for the... <laughs> the four like Monday morning E10 signing announcements that, that we got um, that. And I think it, it was, it was funny cause it was like right after um, another team did it. So I think it like, it went even more like under the radar than a normal, like group of E10 signings would. Um, but I mean, I, in all honesty, like, I mean, I, I it was kind of nice to see some, some movement, some action, you know, some, players were being brought into the Charlotte Hornets facility that were not previously a part of it. So that, I, that, that was at least, you know, worth something to me, but um, I think Jalen Crutcher clearly is like the one name that Hornets fans are going to recognize um, and will be the most notable one for a couple of reasons. I mean, he was obviously played for the Greens Roast Swarm last year. He was an exhibit 10 signing last year as well. He played in summer league, struggled quite a bit in, uh, the 2022 summer league, um, but was still brought back. So the organization likes him. He did play well in the G league last year. He shot 43.6% on seven threes a game um, last year as the G league or the, as the Greensboro's starting point guard and on and off and like lead initiator. So obviously he's, you know, he's done something. So it's not like it, the, the, that summer league performance is all he's got, but what were, what were your thoughts? We can, we can talk through the other guys, but I mean, I'm, I don't know very much about, uh, the other three, unfortunately. I, I feel like Jalen Crutcher is fast approaching Joe Chile territory. You know, oh the, yeah. Joe Chile. He's guy, the next like Joe Chile and Kobe Simmons that plays um exactly the guy who's just in, like, in or yeah, in and around the team, the, the G League team, the training camp, the summer league team for like two or three years, and the team really like him, but just never has really any chance of, of making the team. Um, I, I did an article on SILHornets.com, which I suggest you go check out. Um, I gave him a less than fifth, well, I said less than twenty percent chance to make the roster. I, I think it's probably even less. I mean, if they really want to oh, cheap probably. out and they didn't want to spend like a full vet minimum on a guy like Canberra or Isaiah or Alfred Payton, who are actually like relatively expensive as minimum guys, just because of um, how many years of experience they've got in the yeah. NBA. They could sign Crutcher, but it's not like this team is particularly expensive with the bridges gone anyway. So why are we, why do we care here about another million dollars? Like, what what are we doing? So Jalen Crutcher, I agree, is probably the most well known, and also probably when you open the press release and say, "Training come in by headline by Jalen Crutcher," I mean, my excitement is somewhere between a one and a two. I'm just being honest. All these names are, out of three, uh, out of ten. Oh, no. uh, okay. All right. No. <laughs> well, I, th- I thought you were being generous. <laughs> uh, these names are dull. Yeah. I, I can't, 
I can't make people excited about these. Jalen Crutcher, we, we've seen it. I think he's perfectly fine. But the fact that he's the most exciting speaks about the rest. Isaiah Whaley is like a defense first, kind of like forward wing. Um, he actually played with James Yukon. Sorry, James Yukon. James Yukon. Uh, he played at James Yukon at the University of He played of at James Yukon, yeah, at the University of Bucknight. Um, <laughs> he, he was on the Hornets Summer League roster. He didn't play. He, I believe he was hindered by an injury, which wasn't widely reported, but I believe it was a case. So he's maybe someone who the, the team obviously liked in Summer League practice and have gotten the roster. Um, and then after that, Anthony Deruji and Jalen Sims are like just local Charlotte guys who kind of grew up, I believe, in the not too distant in the North Carolinas. Um, and Whaley, Whaley's from North Carolina. Uh, and Whaley's from North Carolina. So, yeah. you know, with, with Bryce McGowan, there definitely seems to be a, a little kind of like, let's, let's bring some guys in from North Carolina here, which great for North Carolina basketball. Um, I don't think any of these guys have got real chances of making the Hornets. Daruji and Sims weren't on any radar going into the NBA draft at all. Um, so I'd be shocked if they did anything other than, than end up in Greensboro. It's, it's a shame, right? Because you look at, um, I think the Hawks signed Jarrett Culver, I want to say. Two yeah, a, they got him on a two-way. They got him on a two-way. And like normally if you look through the training camp invites, there are always interesting players across the league. And Charlotte have really struggled to attract those for a little while now. And I think there's a reason. I think, firstly, that the, the team training environment is not the most state-of-the-art, let's put it that way. Hence why they're looking to try to get the new training center built in uh, right there next to Spectrum. So, you know, it's not going to blow you away being, being in the gym and, and everything like that. So the, the facilities aren't state-of-the-art. There are not many roster spots particularly available. Um, and if you're an agent of one of these guys, why do you want to send your young player to Charlotte where they've got guys who have picked 11th, 18th in the last two years draft and they can't even get any minutes? So what chance has your undrafted rookie probably got to get minutes when lottery picks can't even get minutes to Charlotte? And I think that's the crux of the issue here. Um it's why agents will not be sending their young players to Charlotte right now. With everything that happened this offseason with uh, Kenny Atkinson, Miles Bridges, uh, all the other stuff, that I, there is no reason agents want to send their players anywhere near that situation. The, the name has been tarnished, and I, it's only shown through in training company much right now. But there will be subtle little things that we don't understand, that we don't see throughout the season now, where that will have been a factor this, this offseason they've had. Um, just when we felt the Hornets were beginning to, you know, emerge from being uh, the kind of the the pits of the NBA, I, I really do feel like, and it's not a surprise, this offseason has been a big step backwards. Yeah, uh, it definitely, I think, and when you look around a lot of the, the league too, I think a lot of other teams, part of it is being like a playoff contender. Like the other teams that aren't necessarily playoff contenders aren't reeling in like big name signings, but there are a lot of things that contribute to the Hornets not necessarily reeling. Like uh, like Boston signed Denzel Valentine, Jake Lehman, Noah Vonleh, Bruno Caboglo. Like those all, all have lots of NBA experience. Denzel Valentine was a lottery pick. I would take yeah. any one of those. I would take yeah. Noah Vonleh, X. X. One of them. Yeah. I would take Noah Vonleh over any of the guys. 
We signed to trade yeah. him on contract. Like, and the, the Knicks just signed Ryan Archie Diacono and uh, Daquan Jeffries, like another two guys with tons of NBA experience. So I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully that can be turned around too. Cause that, and that I, I felt like a nutcase for complaining about that over the off season, just being like, why? Cause I, I think after the 2020 draft, they signed like seven undrafted free agents or something like that. Uh, it was like Javin Delorier, Xavier Sneed, Keandre Cook, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. I bet the listeners weren't anticipating me saying that one. Um, but like there, there were just, it's it, the trend has just kind of dropped off a cliff in the last two years. Like they just signed all of these guys a week ago, but they were pretty, they were on top of it like a couple years ago, but it just, it's not, and not that I'm saying it's going to stay this way, but this year it just wasn't as much of a focus or commitment or something that they wanted to use resource on combination of all those things. But yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, we're still yet to get clarity as well on that second two-way slot, right? We know one of them to Bryce McGowan's, which you already think, you know, he will graduate from that within the first week of training camp. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised at that at all. Because, uh, like, if you elevate him from that, there's two open two-way slots. You could just you could give one to Jalen Crutcher, uh, use him as like your de facto like third or fourth point guard, and then give one to another guy that impresses you in camp. Uh, former... the thing is, I don't think you need to with Crutcher because you've already got his rights in the G League. So I don't know yeah. what the benefit is here. Really, well, because he can play, he can play in the NBA. Because if you if you yeah. wave him until, from the E10, otherwise, yeah, otherwise you'd have to wait until you can sign ten day contracts, which is a yeah, amount of time yeah, like halfway through. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then you and then he can only sign two and would have to get a guaranteed deal. But Xavier Sneed uh, was waived off of his two way by Utah today, and he spent some time with the Hornets. Yeah, no, I, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised at all if he fills that second two-way slot for now because yeah. he just got waved off of one from Utah today. So well, and but this is the, the question on the other two-way slot is it was gonna be Scott Lewis. And oh, yeah, Scott definitely. has the injury. And now I don't know what happens with this gray area, right? Do you like I, I know when players get drafted, so EJ Liddell, for example, he was drafted, he's tore his ACL in practice for some league, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is staying with the Pelicans and getting rehabbed by them, but he will not sign his contract until next year. Chuma Okiki did a similar thing with the Orlando Magic. So it makes you think, well, maybe they just do that with Scott Lewis. They they don't sign him this year and then they, they bring him back next year. But those two situations were a little bit different because both Liddell and Okiki had been drafted and then got injured straight away. Whereas Scott Lewis has been on our contract, then got injured and was now going to be on another contract. So I don't think that's subtle difference. And it's a two-way contract, not a fully guaranteed contract. I, I don't know if that subtle difference makes it there. So we, we still don't know on Scotty. Um, I, I kind of feel like they would... I. Especially with the the amount of money a two-way player gets, I kind of feel like they might just sign him knowing he's injured. Would, would that shock you? I mean, you know more about this G League stuff than, than me right now, obviously, with your experience. Do you, do you think it will be pos- like possible or reasonable for the team to just say, you know what, Scotty, we're going to take care of you. Like We're going to sign you to the two-way, even though you're not going to play for three quarters of the season. I mean, it's definitely possible. I think... It it depends a lot on the severity of his leg injury, which we don't know. Um, I've, I've, I've mentioned a couple of times that the only yeah. well, it was a, we know we know it was a break. Right? Yeah, he broke he broke was... his leg, and then they canceled practice afterwards. So it yeah. was obviously something that bothered people 
enough and we've seen to make the them not want to play anymore. I'm pretty sure we saw the X-rays. Oh, yeah. He put, yeah, he posted his X-rays yes. on his Instagram. So yeah, he, like, I, I, I remember that. Yeah, his leg was like very broken. So yeah. I mean, very broken. But uh, to be an optimist here, breaking the leg you can come back from. Right. Yeah. Like, like I know they be can be. Conceivably by like what? Correct. Even like April or March, now, if, it, even it, if it takes a long time. This wasn't just a crack. I mean, this, I believe, was a, a full fracture where there might have been some bone out of skin, you know, scenario, which is obviously, uh, it looks terrible. But in terms of like serious damage, like Achilles injuries, knee ligaments, etc., they are generally worse than fractures and take longer to, to return, especially for someone who's got his age, etc. So th- there is a world where Scott could be back, but it, it just does depend if anything else happened as he broke that leg that didn't show up on the x-ray that we can see so we, we don't have that idea yet but um yeah i i still think that we might give scotty that that second two-way and i think or, or the other option is that they wait to see who gets waived after various training camps and they just pick someone up then yeah i could see it too i'm, I'm i mean i i am kind of looking forward to seeing how this works i've, I've always enjoyed the end of the roster transaction type of stuff so yeah i'm excited Unironically okay. excited about the training camp signings and, and two-way to contract discussion. Yeah, and once we have training camp, you'll be back with us with Daruji and Sims takes. Um, yes. Because, I, I uh, See, I was thinking, like, I see, only, like, college basketball sickos will definitely know who they are, and I, I'm one of them because, like, I know who I've – not that I, like, know anything about them. Like, I can be, like, give you the, the skinny on Jalen Sims or whatever without just looking – up his stats and reciting them off to you but i i had heard of them before so i was i was thinking that there's got to be like what if you asked uh like a pool of 100 nba fans like there's what probably five that have heard of these two players both of them like maybe so maybe that's where we're at but nonetheless nonetheless okay we're gonna okay take a quick stop for an ad break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about the recent greens of swarm trade which came out of nowhere and then about some trade rumors for the hornets so we'll catch you after the break a new sponsor for the all hornets podcast network raycon earbuds lately i've been listening to a lot of podcasts looking to preview the nba season and it's been great one reason it's been great is because I've been listening using my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips and a perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, they will not budge. Trust me, you can go cycling, you can go running, you need to do what you gotta do, they're gonna stay in. Raycon gives you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. They're priced just right and give you the quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews already. Big thing for me is the noise isolation mode. I I absolutely love that. Love being able to just listen and get in my zone. Also, it's got the awareness mode too. So if you're cycling and there's cars on the road, you wanna keep aware of what's around you, you can just throw that awareness mode on and you can make sure you can hear everything going on to keep your uh, wits about you. So overall, I can't endorse Raycon Airbuds enough. Since it became a new sponsor of the podcast, I've definitely upgraded my old wireless headphones that I had. So make sure you go to buyraycon.com today and use code TBPN15. And that gets you 15% off your Raycon order. That's code 
TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. The NFL action is back and we're in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking about touchdowns, big plays and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down stepped up same game parlays once per game all season long. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins and when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, and we're back. Um, Greens of Swarm made a trade. Uh, they made a trade with the Iowa Wolves, and they traded for Tyler Cook and Vincent Edwards uh, in exchange for the returning player rights to DJ Carton and Keandre Cook. There are probably a lot of names right there that you might not be familiar with. DJ Carton probably the most, because I believe he was training camp with the team last year, and then he played in Greens for a bit. Keandre Cook, like Chase mentioned earlier, he was also at training camp last year, but it's kind of a strange trade because DJ Carton and Keandre Cook were like Keandre Cook barely played last year, averaged one point a game in eight minutes and eight games. DJ Carton was a bit part player and then kind of like disappeared down the stretch, and especially the summer he wasn't with the the um, some league team or anything. And then Tyler Cook and Vincent Edwards, who they traded for, are like legit 25, 26 year old experienced NBA borderline G League players. I don't quite understand why the Wolves have done this trade. Um, yeah, have you got any insight onto this and what, why you maybe made these moves? Yeah, so I think part of it is probably because these two players were, they had the, the Minnesota Timberwolves G League affiliate, the Iowa Wolves, had retained their rights and their camp had decided that either maybe they just weren't going to get anywhere with the Timberwolves uh, on the roster, I mean. And then when they got waived, they weren't they didn't want to play in Iowa for whatever reason that that may be, like on-court or off-court uh, related. So they just worked out a G League trade, which just trades the rights of those players. Like those guys can sign an NBA contract. They can sign a two-way if they're offered one, like immediately, uh, because that's like a step up from a G league contract. And obviously the NBA or the G league isn't going to prevent a player from taking that step up, essentially getting a promotion, you know, being able to appear in an NBA game, all that jazz. So that's probably, that would be my guess. I obviously don't know. Like, um, but I, th- I think we'll see. Uh, there's a, I mean, there's a chance that maybe like Tyler cook or something uh, is added to this roster of, t- of training camp players at some point. Um, Tyler Cook has played quite a few games in the NBA. He's played for five teams across uh, three seasons, starting in 2019-20. Vincent Edwards played in a couple games a couple years ago with the Rockets. So, um, I mean, there's a slight chance, at least. Um, 
that the Hornets are interested in them outside of uh, just it being like a rights uh, motivated trade. So we'll we'll see. I'm, I'm I, I did think it was interesting though because I mean they're both and NBA experienced players and the two players that the Hornets gave up uh, are, or the swarm gave up are not. So Tyler Cook, he is like Thaddeus Young. I've decided I watched some Tyler Cook film before the podcast and he is a, a, a lefty who doesn't really shoot at all. And he's just kind of like has a pretty good handle and good feel and good strength and burst and mm-hmm. scores on the interior. That's basically what it does. Um, Quite a, like almost like a little Julius Randle, but without the shot as well. Um, he's quite a strange type of player, I think, to fit in into a role because, again, he, he doesn't really shoot and he kind of needs the ball to be effective on offense. Uh, he needs to kind of be fed in like mid-post areas. So he, he's, he's a little clunky to fit as a role player. But like you say, the production's there and he's been on quite a few rosters. So I think, that, I, I think both of those guys are more interesting than most of the uh, training camp invites. Um, the other thing to keep in mind here that these are just the rights to Tyler Cook and Vincent Edwards. So this doesn't mean they will be on the Greens for some roster yes. for the coming season. They could be playing in China. They could be playing in Turkey. They could be playing in Spain. Um, it just essentially, if they want to come back and play in the G League at some point, it'll be Charlotte who has the rights and they would have to go back and play for Charlotte. Um, so you'd think here that Charlotte will have an idea of if Tyler or Vincent... I, I'm saying the first names now, like I'm best pals with them, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tyler Cook and Vincent. Long time Hornets yeah. uh, swarm members, Tyler and Vincent. Me and Vinny and Ty, you know, just <laughs> good old days. <laughs> uh, if if uh, their agents have probably been in touch with Charlotte, they'll have a good idea of what they're thinking for this season anyway. And they might be coming to Greensboro, they might not. Um, but, but pretty like on the face of it, I'm like, I'm not grading September trades for Greens for the Greens for Swarm, but on the face of it, I, I like it. I, I think we, we could not... be the only podcast that grades a Greensboro Swarm trade, James. We could be that we should, podcast. Well, maybe we should do it. I, I, I'm going to give that. I'll give that there. a solid A minus. I'm giving it an A as well. I think it's a there we win. Look at win. That. That's, that's, uh, yeah. that's been How the best part. So the best part of Charlotte's offseason. <laughs> I there name another thing that got an A minus from <laughs> either both of us or I from can't. like the general consensus. I, I like I don't That's think it. Yeah, that is, I mean, this is we'll the it. highlight of the offseason. DJ Cotton it took till September 17th. Um, but it happened. So finally we'll making it. some moves, Mitch Kupchak, man. Yeah. It's making a splash. I, um, I think if if the NBA had 32 teams, Tyler Cook would probably be like the 15th or 14th man somewhere rather than like a a guy that's played for five teams in three years. I think you're probably right. Just an extra 30 roster spots would get, I think guys like him into the league. So if you, I mean, if you want to look at it from that perspective, I mean, there's, yeah. there's, well, that. he was all G league third team last season. Yep. Right. So that would yep. mean he's in the top 15 players, essentially in the G league last year. So he, yeah. he definitely got looking. Um, okay. Next up, last thing to finish the show with um, some, Trade rumors of sorts. So obviously we all know by now that Donovan Mitchell's been traded from the Jazz to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, But a a tweet came out the other day. Well, not a tweet. It was an article with Jovan Buha and Sam Amick in The Athletic. And I'll read the the little note from their article here. The Lakers discussed a 14 trade with Utah, New York, and Charlotte. One One preliminary iteration 
of a 14 deal would have been Bojan Bogdanovic and Terry Rozier going back to Los Angeles. Um, which is interesting because I believe that's one of the first times we've heard Terry Rozier's name in trade rumors. I, I know we've pontificated about it before and other places have, but it's never really, it's always been PJ Washington, right? He's always been the, the mm-hmm. trade rumor guy. Yeah, um, or Hayward. I, yeah. Or Hayward. This is one of the first time we've seen Rozier's name out there. Um, what do you, any, any stock to this? What do you make of this? Um, I mean, I think there were probably discussions about both Rozier and Hayward with the Hornets. Uh, I, who, who, like how far those went, we have no idea. Cause obviously this happened before Donovan Mitchell was traded. Cause he was not traded to the Knicks. He was traded to the Cavs and these discussions had to fall apart. And the ones with the Cavs had to start, you know, between the, the trade being executed and these reports coming out. So it could have been like sometime in like mid August when, this report was original or when this, the events that were in this report were actually happening in real life. So um, I don't know. I, I, I do think it's interesting though, that, that it was Terry Rozier. And I, I, I've said this before, I think maybe, but like people probably won't like this, but if there's a player that is going to be traded for strictly for salary or not strictly, but mostly for salary purposes to get money off the books, like it's, it is Terry Rozier. You're not like, it's not about, getting the most money off of the books in 2022. It's about getting it off long-term. Like Terry Rozier is owed more total dollars than Gordon Hayward. So he would be the one that would make the most sense or would be the preferable option to move on from regardless of on-court performance. Because if you're making a trade for salary purposes, the on-court performance isn't the number one, you know, most important thing anyway. So yeah, I, I, I don't that- think this will be the last report of its kind, I, I should say. And for me, it's not even about salary. Like, I, I just think you look at this team and you go, what's the main issue with the roster's currently constructed? Defense. Where does that start? Well, look at the backcourt. The mellow ball and Terry is it. Like, they are not positive defenders. And uh, Terry, there's only one of those guys you're going to be replacing, right? Um, and you might be one of these situations kind of similar to, to Luca or where you, with J- Joker as well. You need to survive, surround your star player with defensive minor players to, to make up for some of those defensive limitations. So, but what, what really intrigued me here is what's coming back to Charlotte in a deal where they're giving up Terry Rozier with those four teams, you've got Utah, New York, LA, what's coming back to Charlotte here. And I, I, there's two names, which will be two names you probably heard before, but there are two names that stick out here and they're Russell Westbrook and Julius Randall. Which of those two names do you think it might have been? And which would you prefer if it was one of those two? All right. So if I'm going to think about it from what I know now when we're recording this, it's got to be Russell Westbrook, right? Like the Lakers have now acquired Patrick Beverly and Dennis Schroeder since this discussion would have happened. But we don't know that the Lakers knew exactly that they were going to have those two point guards also on their team at this time. So I, we, I don't know if that's necessarily the, the, the case, but I, I have to think it would be Russell Westbrook regardless, even because he was been connected to the Hornets and so many rumors. Anyway, the Knicks are probably just trying to be good with the team that they have. Um, I, th- I feel like a bat, uh, like a front quarter perimeter rotation of Brunson, Rozier and Barrett 
probably makes them like slightly worse um like all around than just keeping the team that they have even if i think terry is probably a better player than julius randall at this point i probably i don't think i said that fast enough but um yeah i, I it would had to, it had to have been russ it, like especially because the hornets like would just be getting off that contract one year in julius randall would be adding it'd kind of be like trading terry rosier for terry rosier in terms of the salary cap sheet and I don't think we've talked about this before, but Michael Jordan's links to Russell Westbrook are very oh, yeah. real and very strong. Uh, he's oh, yeah. said it numerous times that Russ remi- like one of the players in the NBA that reminds MJ of himself. Um, he's been like guests at his events. He's a Jordan brand athlete. And one um, of the premier Jordan brand athletes still, despite like the yeah. public perception of him. Not that that yeah. really matters all that much in the end, but still. It's very clear that MJ has an affinity for Westbrook. And, you know, I think Westbrook has one year left on his contract, 47 million. Yes, 47. <laughs> um, if, if they were moving for him, like I would only ever view, I would only ever make that move if it was a, like you say, to create flexibility and to add draft picks. And there's a 2027 and maybe a 2029 draft pick that the Lakers, I think, can trade. Yeah, both um, of those are the only got, two they can Yeah, move. they got two first-round picks. There are some seconds as well, which knock around, but I, I don't think Charlotte need any more of those right now, not after the Jalen Duran trade. <laughs> exhale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exhale. Um, don't need any more second-round picks for now. Um, again, I, I wouldn't be opposed to trading for two first-round picks, especially for the Lakers, who I don't think I've got – a great path in years 2027, 2029. My worry is just Westbrook, like taking the ball out of Lamelo's hands. You, you like if you traded for him and he just like went away, at, like John Wall did. I'd be fine with it, but I don't think that would be the case. I think he would come in and play. I think he would start next to Lamelo Ball. Um, Lamelo would probably play more off ball because he is a better shooter. And for me, it would just be a bit like remember the year when Dwight came to Charlotte. And it's like, oh, great, it's Dwight Howard, but it's five years too late. That, yep. That's kind of how I feel it would go. And it was awkward with his personality. It didn't quite work. And he was shipped out very quickly. Now, the good news, Westbrook is on an expiring contract. So even if it goes poorly, and this is factored into this break, like this gap year, if you want to call it that, I, I wouldn't necessarily have an issue with that. I, yeah, I, I think I'd be more excited for the Westbrook one just because we could start start again start fresh yeah i agree like i julius randall is a better player at this point probably but i there it's just about you know being able I, to we skipped over you saying that terry is better than julius randall. i know i was i was hoping that 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 wouldn't get too much attention drawn to we're it, gonna revisit like that. We're, gonna, like that, no, we're, we're gonna revisit that before the pod ends. i think terry um, rosier is better than a lot of people or a lot of players that are on the knicks and not julius only <laughs> Julius Randle is a very bizarre player. He's a very bizarre player. You look at all his stats, he's terribly yeah. inefficient and he's not a good defender. Um, and he's essentially been hurting your team for about, apart from one and a half seasons of his career. Yep. But the one season when he wasn't, honestly, he was probably, he was, he was, a, top 10, he was a top 10 player in the NBA and he was yep. freaking unstoppable in the half court like contested jump shots, un- unguardable stuff. Um, let's also not forget who drafted Julius Randle in LA, Mitch Kupcher. So there is, again, there's also links there uh, as well. 
Um, obviously, it didn't work out too well for Randall in LA, uh, but he obviously liked the guy. Like like the guy, he was drawn to him to draft him. I kind of do wonder here if Charlotte make a bit of a panicky move for one of these West Westbrook. Oh God, it's late. Sorry, Westbrook, Randall, John Collins type players. These guys who their teams clearly want to move on from, but they don't really have anywhere else to go. And Charlotte could be a kind of a landing spot where it wouldn't cost too much. I, I wonder if that's the pivot for this kind of disastrous offseason. And it it would it would help placate some of the the fans, it would help put a better level of content on the court, depending what your thoughts on Westbrook, that might not be true. But I think with, with Randall and Collins, it, it probably would help the team. Mm. Um, but I just don't know what you're giving up. Uh, I just don't like filling your salary books more for more years. But saying that, like looking at free agency next year, is, there's not loads of guys. I mean, uh, me and Eric did a podcast on it. And I think the, the guy we both said who we wanted our target for offseason next year is Andrew Wiggins. Um, like he's, he's probably like the best guy to who would probably be gettable and fits what this team needs. Now, then you have to have the conversation with yourself. Well, is Julius Randle or Andrew Wiggins a better player? I think Andrew Wiggins is a better player. That's Definitely. why I, that's why I prefer him. But yeah. you're going up against an open market to try to get Andrew Wiggins, right? And yeah. what if Andrew Wiggins just doesn't want to come to a Charlotte team who may be coming off a, a season where they've taken a step backwards straight after winning the title with Golden State Warriors? Um, I don't know. But I, I do have some concerns here that there could be a panic move ahead of the season, which could just make things worse in the long run. Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I hadn't really, I think I had just kind of blocked out that possibility. Cause, Cause just, I, I don't understand. They've just been like, so inactive this offseason. But when, when but, Mitch next speaks to the, the media, I hope someone asks him. And if I, if I'm there, I, I will. You said when you unveiled coach Clifford, that you expect this team to take a step forward and to be a playoff team this year. After how the offseason has played out and how other teams' offseasons have gone, do you still believe that is the case with this roster? Yeah. Because if he says yes, he's either lying or he sees something that not a lot of other people in or around the NBA see. That he's and, the, and yeah, they, he'd be the only one. <laughs> like that, he'd be one of thirty GMs that see that probably. So exactly. Which, not that I disagree with it. He could be right. He's been right before, but we'll see. Mm. Anyway, I think that will we'll leave it there. Anything else to add? Yeah. I don't think so. I think that that about wraps it up for us with a okay. Well, a training camp week. Training camp is opening on the twenty seventh of September, so it is fast approaching. I'm looking forward to for media day with the Hornets. Hoping to get some good content out of that. Um, Good chat with you as always, and I will speak to you next time. Absolutely. It was a good pod. See you guys soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening as well.